This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. Welcome everyone. It is good to be back on the mic speaking to you once again. I'm your host, Connie. Um, I know it's been a year since I released any episode. That's because I needed a year to reflect, you know, um, to be on God's word, be discipled by the word of God and also fellow believers. I enjoy every bit of it and I thank God for the opportunity and blessing it has been for my soul taking this one year break. Well, this episode will not be about me sharing some of my reflection. We will reserve that for maybe another episode. And if you are interested in hearing that, you can always email me, um, ventimewithconnie.com or comment on our social media platforms. Well, 2022 is ending and we have few days left. And I just want to take a, the time to share some lessons the Lord has been teaching me, which I'm hoping will serve as an exhortation and encouragement to you as we move forward to the next year, 2023. Um, isn't that sound strange? It still sounds strange to me to say 2023. Also, I will share some of my favorite podcasts, books, music, and ministry. I did something like this last year and you guys loved it. And I was able to tell by how many downloads it gets, even though that was like the last episode I released last year. Um, I'm really so grateful for your support and thank you for always supporting me and I really appreciate it. Well, with all this being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, grab your Bible if if there's one near you. If you're driving, don't worry, just listen to me. And um, if you're at home, you can grab coffee or juice and um, let's dive right in. Keep on listening. <laughs> Okay, ladies, um, happy Advent season, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year in advance. Um, I hope you had a great Christmas um, celebration, because the Christmas just passed like a few days ago. And hopefully you'll be able to um, have a great New Year celebration. Do you have plans for New Year? Well, I don't. I really don't have any plans for New Year. Just probably staying home, going to church. Thank God it's on Sunday and just celebrating with family, you know, just relaxing. Like I said earlier, I'll be sharing some of the lessons the Lord has been teaching me through his word this year. I have not arrived, which means I have not fully learned these lessons. I am still learning it. Um, so I will be sharing three lessons and I'll, um, and I will end this episode with my favorites of 2022. Obviously, there are more than three lessons the Lord is teaching me. If I start to talk about all of them here, this episode will not end. So um, I will not put you through that. <laughs> so I will narrow it down to just three lessons. And I'll be sharing, and these three lessons I'll be sharing would not be an exhaustive um, list. It's just three most ones that was the loudest for me this year. So if you were to ask me, I'll be like, yeah, these are the three things that I'm learning this year. So um, without further ado, let's go right into it. So the first lesson that I'm learning is um, we'll be trusting God. 
Um, I know you probably hear that I was like, yeah, duh. But no, just give me a chance. I will explain. Um, if you asked me last year, like, if I trust God, I would say yes. You know, maybe for obvious reasons, you know, I trusted Jesus Christ for my salvation, which means by his grace, um, I have repented from my sin, transferred my trust from myself to the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross as a payment for my sins. And I've been clothed with not my own self-righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. So it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. So I assume since I have been saved and redeemed from my sin, that I will automatically trust God in everything. Boy, do I know I have a lot to learn. <laughs> so the trust that I'll be talking about here is not trusting God for salvation. This is a trust God produces in his children through sanctification. I know I'm throwing like big theological words here, so let me explain what these words mean. So salvation is when God, in his infinite mercy, causes a sinner to be born again, which means God gives a sinner a new heart, thereby creating a new nature in her. God will give her his Holy Spirit to dwell in her and give her the supernatural faith that she will be able to trust Jesus Christ for salvation through hearing the gospel. And the gospel is that Christ died for sinners, you and I, and he lived a perfect life on this earth, was crucified, died, and was buried and resurrected on the third day. He defeated death, and now Christ is calling all sinners to come to him and be saved and have eternal life because he's the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through him. That would be John 14, 6. You know, when a sinner is saved, her nature changes which means she's no longer she's no she no which means she no longer dead in her sin but now can please God by learning God's righteous commandments and now is free to obey God so that's the freedom we got you know from being saved and that's something lost people cannot do on their own strength the ability or strength that the ability and strength has to come from God in a believer's life, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us will empower us to obey God and glorify God in our redeemed life. Sanctification, on the other hand, is the process that comes after someone is saved. What this means is God cutting away worldliness out of us or you and setting you apart to be a holy vessel used for his glory alone. Basically, God is making us holy little by little. It is a process that would take the remainder of our life. Once you are saved, the remainder of your life will just be God sanctifying you while you're on this earth until, you know, we are called home or when Christ returned in glory the second time. God's purpose for sanctifying us after saving us um, is to accomplish his will that he revealed to us in his word. Um, let's go to Ephesians 1, 3, 6. And... Um, Ephesians 1, 3, 6 says, we're going to read Ephesians 1, 3 to 6. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the word, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons, through Jesus Christ, 
according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So that's God's goal to present us holy and blameless. So he's determined to do what he says. Nothing, not even the redeemed sinner can thwart God's will. Um, who God saved will be sanctified and will be glorified at the end because no one can pluck us from God's hand. What a joy and assurance that is. You know, praise God that my salvation, your salvation, if you're truly saved, does not depend on us. And we do not keep ourselves from staying saved. God does by his mighty right hand. What a gracious God he is. Now that I have explained what salvation and sanctification means, I want to also make clear of this. To learn how to trust God the way I will be describing cannot come from your own strength. For example, let's say you're listening to this podcast and you're realizing um, um, you're realizing and seeing that, oh, I need to clean my life up and trust God more. So that's not what this is about, you know. The strength or power to trust God this way comes from God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. This is not about cleaning, cleaning your life up like some kind of self-help podcast. This is not what this is about. So if you have not trusted Jesus Christ for the salvation of your souls, I would exhort you to call upon the name of the Lord, plead to God to save you, repent from your sins, and believe in the name of the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Um, let's read Romans 10, 10 to 13, puts it so well. And it's the word of God says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the... Um, that's the assurance God is giving us, you know. Those who diligently seek him, he does reward. Um, so, so now moving forward to the lessons that the Lord has been teaching me since I got those um, out of the way, explaining what salvation, sanctification mean, and what this is about, you know. So this is about a believer that is working with the Lord and learning and growing, you know, through sanctification. So now moving forward to the lessons that the Lord has been teaching me through his word, which is trusting him, depending on him for everything. This year, the Lord is so gracious and kind to reveal to me my sin of not trusting him, but trusting in my ability, wisdom, tactics, plans, and so forth. Our Lord is so wise that he uses trials to bring our attention to our, our, to our rottenness basically sin in our lives that we are blind to. I said he's wise because if it wasn't the trials I have gone through this year, I wouldn't have realized and admit I didn't trust God. If everything was going well, I would keep deceiving myself I trust God and even will quote scriptures to support I know what it means to trust God. But when you are faced with trials such as sickness, loss of job, loss of loved ones, loss of perfect, healthy life, and, so, and 
someone was kind enough to share some scriptures um, that will encourage you, that will remind you of God's word. And some of the scriptures that I will be you know, reading would be, the first one would be Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You know, when you read those words, when you're actually in the midst of that trials, those words will come to light by God's grace, of course, and you will realize this is not written for you to just have a head knowledge of it, but to apply it. And you can only apply it when you actually are tempted to fear due to the trials you are facing. Or when a sister in Christ reminds you Matthew 6, I mean, I mean, some of you probably know about these verses, but sometimes when we are familiar with some verses, we tend to push it, push it away like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, when someone actually brings up these verses to you, these familiar verses where you're actually in the midst of trials, humble yourself and read it. You know, read it. and Because the word of God is left for, uh, for our encouragement and our to give us hope and for us to actually believe God's word, not just to have it in our head and that's it, but actually to believe it. How do you know you believe it when you actually live it out? You know, so let's go to Matthew 6. I'm going to read from 25. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, but what you will eat or what you will drink. Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you little of faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. So, um, when you were face, when you were facing a trial, and you are reading these words, and um, you're you're hearing God, because these are God's word, you're not faced with a decision, which is, do I believe God's word or not? Do I truly believe God is a good father, and He has best interest at heart for me? Do I truly trust that he would do what he says he would do? I realize, um, or I believe at least, 
on my own, based on my own experience, when we are forced to ask ourselves those questions, we realize that we do not trust God. By his grace, turn to God for repentance. That's when we will see the grace that he has granted us to trust him and believe his word. You know, God actually does provide us grace to be able to believe him, to trust his word. You know, because he knows we are frail. He knows we are we are weak and we need him for every step. So let's go to First Peter, if I can find it. Okay, we're going to go to 1 Peter 5, 5-7. The Word of God says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And that's where I will stop. So First Peter 5, 5 to 7. So um, I believe what I'm learning is I cannot see the grace of God in my life if I keep acting like a super Christian that claims to know all the right thing to say or do, but to humble myself, embrace my weakness, because his power is made perfect in my weakness. Admit it to myself when I am struggling to trust God. Confess it as sin. Basically, see it as sin. Stop being in denial of it. Confess it as sin and ask for his grace to be able to trust him. A beloved sister in Christ shared this verse to me when I was facing a trial in my life. And these words blessed my heart. And I want to share with you also. So that would be Psalm 37, 25 to 27. And the word of God says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Or his children begging for bread. He's ever lending generously. And his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever. Amen. Uh, that was really encouraging for me. And um, I hope you encourage your heart um, today. Um, and please stay encouraged in the word. So now moving forward to the second lesson that I'm learning. The second lesson would be... Um, it's kind of tied to the first lesson. It goes hand in hand uh, with the first lesson of trusting God, which is God wants us to be in company with him and to walk with him. You know, trusting God speaks to relinquishing control and depending on God. However, walking with God speaks more on what you do after you have trusted God, which is you wait on him. This lesson came as a surprise to me because I'm a very impatient person. I am goal-driven. I am a planner, and I don't like to slow down. Well, God's will for my life is my sanctification, and it's the same for all believers, to confirm us to the image of Christ. Picture this. When you are, talking, when you are walking with someone that you care about, what are you doing when you guys are walking? You are talking. 
you're getting to know that person and the person is getting to know you. So basically there's a vulnerability in displaying your conversation and you, you grow closer to that person and the person obviously hopefully grow closer to you. Now, when God allows trials in our lives, our mindset should not be, what do I need to learn? I have learned it now. Let's move on to the next one. You know, like, okay, Lord, I got it now. Yeah, I should trust you. Now I trust you. Now answer my prayer. Let's move on. Like, we we got it. We move on, you know. And I, I hope that our mindset is that is not that way, you know. Um, basically, we basically treating it as what how we treat school. You know, when you move from one grade to another, like if you're in college, freshman year, you want to move, to, you want to go from freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, um, senior year, or when you were working, you want to be promoted from one level, being a lead, a supervisor, manager to a program manager to you know all those things. Basically, that's we have learned it now. We want to get promoted and go to the next one. You know. I, I believe sometimes we are guilty of treating God that way too, you know, treating what he's trying to teach us that way, as in like our trials, treating our trials that way, we got it, we move on. No, that's not how we should be. God wants us to learn the act of waiting on him by walking with him, learn of him, his character, enjoy him and delight in his word. God doesn't just want us to enjoy him only when things are going well, but also when things are going poorly or when we are facing trials. So don't be too quick to get out of your trials or run from it. Embrace it. All that you are learning of God and of yourself. Depend on God to provide daily grace for each day. Elizabeth Elliot says in one of her talks, and I quote, Obedience to God is our business. The result of our obedience is God's business. You do that and leave the rest with him. Close quote. So we obey God and trust him in what he say. And he will not leave us or forsake us. That's what he promised us in Hebrews 13, 5. And learn of him, for he is gentle and lowly, lonely, lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. And that's me quoting Matthew 11, 28 to 30. You can read that on your own. Our business is not to be, our business is not to know or detect to God when our trials will come or end, but our business is to enjoy Him and give thanks to Him in all circumstances and pray to Him to give us a contented heart that is contented with God so that you can learn to wait well and grow intimate with God in the midst of your trials. You know, when you are, when you are lacking in words or how to express what you are saying, it's always good to go to the word of God. Huh? So for me, I try to explain um, this walking with God, what it looks like. And I'm lost of word and words fail, fail me. So I'm going to read the word of God. Psalm 42, you know, basically puts it so well, what it looks like to walk with God. Psalm 42, I'm going to read the whole chapter. And I read, as deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. Why they say to me, 
while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throne and lead them in in processions to the house of God with loud shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hoping God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Judah, from the land of Jordan and of Harmon, from Mount Mesa. Deep calls too deep at the roll of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. Why they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hoping God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I, I, I would love to read it in NLT. Because sometimes, you know. I like to try different translations um, to get more clarity. So I'm going to read in NLT, Psalm 42 again. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night, I have only tears for food. While my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of the house of God. Singing for joy and giving thanks aimed the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Zmiza, I hear the torment of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief? oppressed by my enemies. Their taunts break my bones. They scoff, where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. That will be the end of it. But I hope this encouraged you, you know, it's talking about how David was longing to be in communion with God. Do you long to be in communion with God? Do you do that? It basically indicated his devotion, his desire, and also he feared he feared that the fear that draws him towards God and not away from God. So your fear, your trials should draw you towards God. Work with him. 
walk beside him because that's where safety, that's where refuge, that's where shield can be found because he's our refuge, our shield and our rock. So that would be the second lesson. Now, moving on to the third one. The third one, this was hard for me to actually put down in paper, to actually express. So I'll try my best. Hopefully you'll get it. The third lesson is I'm learning is to die to self. Basically, self-denial. I came across a video on Revive Our Heart YouTube channel. Um, the person that was that was actually talking was Jennifer Rothschild, if I'm pronouncing it right. R-O-T-H-S-C-H-I-L-D. Jennifer Rothschild. So she was talking about how um, we as believers should learn to stop being motivated to be valued within the Christian culture and that word around us, but to be God-centered, which requires death to self, right? So she says, and I quote, God uses us best when we try least to be needed by him. Just think about that for a minute, you know? Just think about that. Let me repeat that. God uses us best when we try least to be needed by him, close quote. So she also continued to say, I want to experience so walking in the spirit and be so God-centered that I'm not even aware of my effort. Close quote. This is a prayer, you know, this is a prayer I pray, you know, for my life and to be so God-centered, not be aware of my own effort. Because I think in Matthew, in somewhere on the Mount, on, on the Mount our Lord said about don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing something like that and he was talking about hypocrisy you know you know when you do something good and you're patting yourself in the back even though nobody will see it but you know what's going on in your heart and i always prayed that i prayed that over my life always praying that god help me to not be aware of my own effort to be so god-centered not connie centered but god-centered and i pray that for your life too you know so that's what i've been learning that's what i've been learning this year so basically, she derives this lesson from John 12, 24. So I'm going to read a little longer version of that. I'm going to read John, not just only John 12, but I will also read... Um, now, read John 12, but I'll read from 24 to 26. So a little longer verse. <clears throat> so John 12, 24 to 26 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I love that. I love to read that passage where he says, um, where I am, there will my servant be also. Because I want to be with him. I want to always be where God is, where my Lord is. And it gives me joy whenever I read that verse. So, so basically what that verse is talking about, no fruit will be produced unless we die to self. Some, something has to die. You ha yourself have to be dethroned, you know? Just thinking about this passage of the scripture, I'm learning that I need God to work within me more every day. I realize my dependence in God every day, you know, and Philippians 12, 13, 
Philippians 12, 13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasures. That's close quote. So although it is God who works in us, we realize to, we, we need to also play a part in our sanctification. We do that by saying no to our fleshy desires, which are contrary to the will of God. For example, you consider yourself as an introvert, which means you are more energized when you are alone. So being in a large group of people for a long period of time kind of drains you down. If you're an introvert, you know what I'm talking about. But however, the Lord opens an opportunity for you to serve a group of people in your local church. But your desire is to say no and go home and relax and have a mean time, you know, because that's what you need right now. You know, your mind's like, I really need some mean time right now. You know, when you are faced with these two desires conflicting with each other, basically what God wants you to do and what you want to do. Whenever we are faced with these conflicting desires, it reminds me of two things. One, it proves God's word is true. Why I say that is because Galatians 5 verse 16 to 17 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So they are always against each other. So there can only be one master. It cannot be you and God. One has to be the true. And if you are God's child and have been redeemed, you will realize you no longer live for yourself and Jesus is Lord over your life. Second thing also it reminds me is the life of a Christian is characterized by daily self-sacrifice which is self-denier. God does not call us to a life of convenience, doing whatever that pleases us, but he calls us to a life of sacrifice. Most, if not all God's word required, required from us, most, if not all God's word required that things that we do would be unnatural, you know? It would be unnatural to our flesh, you know? And why is unnatural? unnatural to our flesh is because remember before God saved us we were enemies of God deserving hell walking in darkness we were opposed to God and his will for us and the whole world this is why God has to make us a new creation when he saves us now he's sanctifying us and shredding away from us the old nature that is characterized by wickedness and darkness that's why our flesh desires are opposed to the will of God this is where death to self will be required, required uh, which means you say no to your flesh and say yes to the will of God to serve his body of Christ, the local church. To be able to say no to yourself requires grace from God. We are to, we are to be grace-dependent people, always asking for God's grace to do his will. John 15, 1-11, our Lord puts it so well. Let me read that to you, for you. And I'm going to start from one. I'm going to read all the way to verse 11. John 15 says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. 
Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you, are, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to my Prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. This is I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Amen. Uh, this type of passage is always, always brings so much joy in my heart. And just to hear our Lord say that he's saying these things so that his joy may be in us, so that our joy may be full, may be complete. And it's, it's so encouraging. And I hope your heart was encouraged by that. So um, abiding Christ's love, that's where our strength comes from, to die to self and say yes, Lord, to his will. All right. So that will be the three lessons that the Lord has been teaching me the most this year, 2022. So I want to hear from you. What has the Lord been teaching you this year? Um, you can email us or comment on our social media platform. I probably will make a post about that. And I want to hear from you. What has the Lord been teaching you? So I can also be encouraged by you, right? So now let's talk about some of my favorite things this year. So 2022 has been a great year for me. I would describe this year as a year... I grew a lot in my work with Christ. I probably would say this every year. <laughs> if I say this every year, that's a success. That's good, you know, because that's what we should be striving for in grace, right? So I praise God for that. You know, some of the tools God used to grow my faith in Christ was books, podcasts, and ministries and music. So uh, I'm going to list some of my favorites. So the favorite book of the year that I really loved, that I read, was... Um, Knowing God by J.I. Parker. And I think our church went through it. Our Bible study in church went through it. And it helped a lot to to teach me who God is. Because that's the greatest knowledge you can ever have. You know, when Christ was, was talking about what internal life is, he said internal life is knowing God and his son whom he has, whom he has sent which is Jesus Christ. So that's internal life. That's knowledge worth knowing, you know. So, so I will recommend that book, Knowing God by J.I. Parker. Now, favorite podcast. I have a lot of them. So I will narrow it down to maybe three. This is not going to be in any particular order, you know. So I'm just going to list them. The first one I will list would be Elizabeth Elliot podcast. Um, this was... um. I found out about Elizabeth Elliot actually this year. I know I'm kind of late to this whole thing, but it's okay. 
And uh, it's sad to find out about her. Learned a lot from her. And then realized she passed away, you know. So she passed away in 2015. And uh, she used to be a missionary. And now she does write a, a lot of books. And she gives talks, you know. Before she, you know, got sick. And then before she passed away. So she's been a blessing to me. And her podcast will help you grow as a woman of God. And, um, and... Anyone can relate to that, you know. I know she she's already passed away, but even younger women can learn from her. And her ministry was so impactful. God used her so mildly, and I thank God for her life. She have helped me a lot. She's like more like a uh a, a mother in faith, you know. Even though I haven't met her, she's been discipling me through her podcast. Even though she's not living anymore, but God has been using her word to disciple me. So the second one I will list will be Date Night with the Woods. So this is this podcast is hosted by Anthony and Bree Woods. Um, and he's a pastor and then she's a pastor's wife. And the podcast is basically family-oriented. And it talks about how to think about marriage, sex, children, finance, communication in a God-honoring way. And they talk about so many other stuff too, but these are the ones that that I can remember right now. So I would really encourage you, even if you are not married and have children, um, but you can still listen to it. It will help, you know, give you the right perspective on how to think about marriage and children, you know, in a godly way. And of course, it's not wisdom from them, but wisdom from the Lord. That's the kind of podcast you should be listening to, those wisdom that comes from God, not from man. And the third one that I will mention is Truth for Life, daily podcast so this podcast is it, I, I i think of it as a daily dose of the word of god by a sound preacher it's just his sermons uh, and the preacher is um alistair Begg, and he's really sound and he he released the episode it wasn't him i'm sure someone is helping him but uh, they released the episode every day except for saturday and sunday if i'm not mistaken and it just basically all what he had preached on you know, it could be any book of the Bible that he had preached on and it's been released every day. And it's been really helping me, growing me spiritually. So I would highly recommend it. Now, favorite songs. So we are in Christmas season. So I will list three favorite Christmas songs. And um, yeah, because that's the one I'm currently listening to. So the first one will be Behold Christ by Sojourn Music. I think they're the one that sang that song but i really love the lyrics of it the songs when you think about worship song it should also it should actually be about god it should be god-centered pay attention to the words because <coughs> sorry because this what they should be singing is about god and that's who you're worshiping not yourself or your emotions but you're worshiping God. That's what true worship is when it's God-centered. So I love that song because it talks about the hope being fulfilled and Christ being the author of life, how he came down to us man and he He was raised to die and then he crushed the grip of sin. And then he said, behold, Christ. Like every time I sing that song, like, yes, Christ is the shining star. He's the light. He's who we look up to. That's what Christmas is about. The celebration of incarnate God, you know, coming down to man. 
to us, you know, to save us, to save mankind. So I love that song. So you can check it out maybe in Christmas time again next year. Or you can listen to it now because we're still in advanced season. And then the second one that I, I really love is, Oh, come all you unfaithful. This is not, oh, come all you faithful. No, this is, oh, come all you unfaithful. I, by Sovereign Grace Music. I love that song. And the particular word that always, always gets me is when they say, Oh, come, if you have nothing, come. He is the offering. I was like, that's true. Because God is the one. We, we, we really don't contribute anything other than our sin. We really, we have nothing to offer. So God is the one that called us to come. He's the one that produced the offering. And he's the one that justified. He's the one that did everything. Christ is the offering. He, God basically gave us himself just to redeem us. He paid for our sin with his own son's life. Like, that's just amazing. And it humbles us. It brings us to our knee. To know that you don't come to God with a proud shoulder, with a proud heart. You come to God needy and desperate and just with nothing. Only the acceptance that he has promised that he will give to us, you know. So I really love that song. So I would highly recommend it. And another one too is Hope of the Ages by also Sovereign Grace Music. I love that one because I love how they brought Old Testament and New Testament and point everything to Christ. I think a preacher, I heard someone say this, the Old Testament point towards Christ and the New Testament points back to Christ. So Christ is like in the center. So this song, Hope of Ages, talking about, <coughs> I'm sorry, talking about Abraham's offspring and um, um, Jacob's blessing and Judah's might and David's true son. It's just so amazing when they bring all of those things into into the picture and points to Christ it's always amazed me. It shows the wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God that was displayed in the gospel, you know, what Christ did on the cross. So that song always reminds me of that. Think of God's wisdom and think of how gracious he's been, you know. And yeah, that's why I love it. I recommend that. So um, now I'm going to talk about the favorite artist. It's going to be still on the music. Favorite artist would be Kit and Christy Getty. Hopefully I'm pronouncing their, their name right. right. So they are from Ireland, but they live in America now. So their music is really sound. I really, I found out about them this year and I've been listening to it. I can, I can recommend all their music. It's really sound. When I say sound, I mean scripturally. It's based on truth, you know. So I really recommend it. So the favorite ministry. Um... That has been a blessing to me this year, of course, is Walking in Grace Ministry. This ministry is the teaching and preaching ministry of my pastor, Dr. Richard Cardwell. Um, I, basically, for me, I, I sit under his preaching every Sunday because he's our pastor. And he's been a blessing. He does have a, a shepherd heart. And when he's preaching, I heard someone even say this too, like, it's not like he sh he's um just preaching at you like but you know he cares about you you know and he loves you he's like a, a a father speaking to you i mean that's the way i look at it but he does have a shepherd heart you can tell he really loves his flock and um, his ministry has been a blessing to me and another one would be 
it's a new one that I discovered this year, and it will be Revive Our Heart Ministry. And I know I did mention them earlier on when I was talking about the lessons I have learned. This one I found out about this year too, and it's a ministry that that is dedicated to women and um, women growing in Christ in uh, in their walk with Christ. And I think the, one of the leading women in that ministry is Mrs. Nancy Damas Wagabush. Wag, <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but her husband's name starts with W. So. She's been a blessing. I've been really enjoying the conferences. I haven't been to the conferences in live and direct, but I watch it on YouTube, the replays. So it's the, the, it's, it's been a blessing for me. And another ministry, of course, that um, I found out about this year is Truth for Life Ministry. This is teaching and preaching ministry of Pastor Alistair Begg. Um, I'm going through First and Second Samuel, but you know, and he preached through it. So. Because I was looking for, okay, if someone preached through First and Second Samuel, I found out that he did. That's how I kind of know more about his ministry. And uh, he, he, he's, very, he's very faithful to the word of God. He is. And um, so I really love his ministry. It really blessed me and helped me, especially going through Old Testament, First and Second Samuel, and listening to his sermons, being such an encouragement and bringing a lot of clarity to the Old Testament test because it's kind of difficult to understand sometimes. So, so those are going to be the only ones that I would list. So, um, I hope you have a wonderful, um, and Christ centered year this coming year, 2023. And I pray your life glorify God this new year. So I would say with a joyful heart, happy new year. And I hope to talk to you again next year. Well, until next time, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Fight the good fight of faith and let the love of Christ control you. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to venttimewithconnie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.